and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Kevin Folger, your host, and I want to thank you for joining me today on this edition of uh, Labors in the Harvest for Episode 4, Part 2, as we uh, talk to uh, Brother Larry Clayton in regards to his life and ministry. If you were able to catch last week, you'll understand that Brother Clayton is not a young man. I share with you that uh, Brother Clayton is uh, working on his 87th birthday, just a faithful, faithful man of God who has served the Lord all of his life, joyful, uh, encouraging, helpful. And I think you, as we uh, have our conversation and finish that up today, that'll be very evident that uh, Brother Clayton has no ambition on quitting, retiring. He's just going to keep on serving the Lord. And again, he's a man that we can all learn from. So thanks for joining me for this episode of Labors in the Harvest. Please stay, sit back and relax and enjoy the next few moments as we continue our conversation with evangelist Larry Clayton. Well, we want to welcome you back to our podcast. And my guest is uh, from last week is carryover is uh, evangelist Larry Clayton. And we were talking about his early years last uh, last week on our podcast. And he was sharing with us about his birth and his uh, salvation at the age of 15 in a, in a meeting. And God changed his life. And Brother Clayton, um, you know, when did you get called to preach? So we, we talked a little bit about, I uh, want to, first of all, welcome you back to the podcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about your call to preach. So you got saved at the age of 15. And when did you sense and what did God use in, in your call to the ministry? You know, when I was born, uh, the old doctor told my wife, my mother said, uh, Bertha, you know, you've got all these kids. My, I was the 10th kid in the family born, the baby. They always give the best one to last, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, he said, uh, you know, you've had such a terrible time giving birth to this baby, how are you going to raise him? With all the kids and all the farm? She said, I thought about that, Doc. But she said, uh, and I don't think I can, so I'll give him to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I grew up a little boy around those old Church of the Brethren preachers. And I didn't realize it then, but mom would have them into the house to eat. She was fed to all the evangelists and preachers. And uh, they'd rub my hair and say, Bertha, I think this boy's going to be a preacher. Hmm. I don't know what they saw, but uh, the night I got saved, I surrendered my life to the Lord wholly. Hmm. And so uh, I just always wanted to be a preacher. <laughs> and I wanted to be a Church of the Brethren preacher. And uh, I asked our old pastor in Sydney uh, what it would cost for me to go to college to be a preacher. And he said, about $1,800 a year. Well, we are poor people. You could buy a brand new Dodge car for that then. Mm. And uh, that much a year. And so I, I said, I can't do that. But I heard a radio broadcast from the Akron Baptist Temple saying 
they had started a Bible college and a, a boy could come there and go to the Bible college free and he didn't have to have an education and uh, he didn't have to have any great background, just come as you are. And so I worked all summer digging ditches to get enough money to get to Akron. And when I got to Akron, I got a taxi out to the Baptist temple. And uh, that's when I walked in and said, I've come to go to Bible college. <laughs> there I was. I'd bought a brand new blue suit down in Dayton at prices for $17. <laughs> a red tie and a pair of brown shoes and a pair of red socks. <laughs> I like Tennessee Ernie Ford. <laughs> but the, at the big gold city, you know. <laughs> so I walked up to the counter and uh, the girl said, uh, could I help you? I said, I've come to go to Bible college. She said, do you know you're late? I said, no, ma'am. I didn't know when it started. She said, uh, and she walked around with a little screen there. Another girl came out. She said, did you send your matriculation fee in? I said, it said on the radio it was free. And she said, okay. And out of the office came Mrs. Wright, Dallas Billington's private secretary. She looked at me and she said, you must be a country boy. I don't know how she told that. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, well, I'm a country girl. I was born and raised on a farm in West Virginia. And she said, if you come to go to Bible college, I'm going to see you get there. Get your suitcase. I had a suitcase with a belt wrapped around it. Hold it together. I grabbed that suitcase, started out the door, and I said, ma'am, just a minute, ma'am. She said, what do you want? I said, I'm coming to go to Bible college, but I don't have a Bible. I said, I've never owned a Bible. Mm. And my own. I said, I borrowed one from my brother to read. But I've never owned. She said, you're going to use my Bible. She went and got her Bible, brand new, Schofield, leather-bound Bible. Boy, I was so proud of that. And I kept that until I was able to save enough money to buy my own. I, I did without. I, I was going to ask I you about that. Food get there. I remember you telling me that story about yeah. seeing a, a Bible in the bookstore there. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And I asked the woman in the bookstore, I said, if I gave you a dollar, would you hold this for me till I could pay for it? She said, I'm not supposed to do that, but I'll do it for you, Larry. And she kept my brown Bible up there with a note on it, sold, till I did without food long enough to get enough money to pay for it. Oh, I was proud of that Bible. Wow! I'll bet. What year did you? Uh, what year did you land there in Akron for the college? Do you remember? 1952. 1952. Okay. That's right. where I preached my first sermon. Wow! So you were uh, at that point. You were. Uh, you weren't an independent Baptist, is it? Is that right? No, I was. I was Church of the Brethren, mm -hmm. and I still wanted to be a Church of the Brethren preacher. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I walked into the Akron Baptist Temple the first time. I thought I'd just opened the door and walked into heaven. Mm -hmm. That music, that shaking my hand and welcoming me in an auditorium, thousands of people sitting there. I walked down and sat down in the front row. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear everything or see everything. Man, my heart was blessed. There was a church of the brethren in Akron that they told me to go to. I never made it there. Mm -hmm. I get out of the Baptist temple. <laughs> and then on Easter Sunday morning, 1953, Charles Billington baptized me. Uh, and that's when I baptized. All right, very good. So 
Tell me a little bit about uh, how you met Roy Thompson, who was, of course, the founding pastor at Cleveland Baptist Church, my pastor for 37 years. Uh, how did God bring your lives together? Well, we I was in Bible college, and somehow, I don't know, he was really the first one I met, really shook my hand and welcoming the, me there. Roy was, uh, Roy was, had been raised in, in uh, uh, low areas of the city and the worst type of surrounding, and I was raised in a Christian home. We were so different, but we had uh, such a friendship that it lasted 58 years. And we were the best friends for 58 years. And uh, he uh, he was tall and uh, almost bald-headed and uh, no teeth. And uh, <laughs> he just he just got saved just a few weeks before and enrolled in Bible college. Yeah. And uh, so we had a tremendous fellowship for all those many years. Well, as I recall, he got saved during an Easter revival there at the Akron Baptist Temple, and B.R. Yes. Lakin was preaching. And, yes. Uh, as I recall his testimony, he, his sister invited him up to uh, come yes. to, at Easter, come to Akron. His sister and Dorothy, him up, yeah. Uh, invited him to the meeting. He said, I was an old, smelly, alcoholic, and God saved yes. my soul, 19 years of age. Amazing. Yeah. 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 When he left, uh, Day he was, he was uh, in Dayton working for the uh, newspaper there. His dad was a newspaper man, and Roy went to the newspaper in Dayton, got a job. And Roy was so smart, he really was a good man for working for the newspaper. And uh, so whenever Dorothy, his sister, invited him to Akron, uh, to Akron, Roy left everything he owned in that motel. He came up there and got saved, in or hotel it was, and he never went back. He never, he, he, he got saved with just the clothes on his back, and that's what he had. Wow. Met him. Wow. That's Good thought. Amazing story how God's grace works in people's lives. So, oh, boy, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So at a point, uh, that little Bible college, you, you ended up at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, I, uh, I was going to Ak Ak Baptist Temple Bible College, and they moved it to Fort Worth. I didn't want to go there. Roy had been taken into the army. So we kept in, kept in contact, and he said he was going to get home. And he said, when I get home, I want to go to Bible college. I said, well, I'll just wait on you. I won't go till you get there. So what I did was I enrolled at the Akron Bible Institute, which uh, became a part of Moody Bible Institute. Okay. And I went there for over a year, waiting on Roy to get back. And when he got back, Larry Roar. Roy Thompson and I got a room at the Baptist Bible College, and we roomed down there in the dormitory. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way we got down there. Mm -hmm. I went down early and got the room already, and they came in later, and and uh, we had a had a fantastic time of fellowship. And uh, all the time I was in Bible College, I was preaching. Now Roy was so smart, he'd listen to the lectures of the teachers and do the study, and he knew what questions the teacher was going to ask. So he'd give me a set of 20 questions, and he'd say, now, Larry, out of these 20, he's going to ask 10, and if you memorize the, the 20, I'll guarantee you'll, grad, you'll pass. Well, I was preaching all the time, so while I was in class, I was studying my sermon to get ready to preach. <laughs> <laughs> and so he'd give me the questions, and I never missed a test. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so it, the impact of his life was it was very vital, and yours on his. There's no question. God brought the two of you together. That really was deep. Yeah. yeah. So um, as I think about you, you uh, you traveled the country. Uh, used to be you had a team of folks with you. Uh, probably still have some folks that travel from time to time with you. And you hold these revival crusades. And as a kid growing up, of course, I remember the uh, Salvation Evangelistic big trailer and semi-truck and the tents and all that stuff that was involved in it. So uh, as you think about um, some of the high points of your life, could, could you give me just a kind of a glimpse of maybe a, a, a one of what you would say is an outstanding revival and what God did uh, and, and where it was? Well, we were, in the, we were in the best days of evangelism. They talk about all the various revivals, like the Welch Revival and the Great Awakening and all that. But in the uh, 60s, or 50s, 60s, and 70s, our independent Baptists had the greatest revival the world's ever known since Pentecost. And we built churches everywhere. And the people wanted to hear it. And so I got tents, and we'd put them up and preach. And a lot of towns we'd go where... There either was a brand new little church just getting started that we would help, or we'd start one out of our meeting. And we've done that more than a hundred times. And so uh, what we would do is uh, we'd have teams of workers. I got uh, a lot of people from the Cleveland Baptist Church, some from the uh, Baptist Bible College, some from other churches to join with me. And I'd want them to stay with me at least a whole summer, and I wanted them to stay with me a whole year. And so uh, we uh, we made that our ministry, and uh, we've had uh, success with that to a degree. Not everyone was a success, but the ones we have turned out to be great. I believe it is the system of evangelism God wants. And so uh, that, that's the kind of thing. And we, uh, we have a lot of, for instances, where we went into a town and you remember Catanning, Pennsylvania. Sure. We went in there as a smite group from the Cleveland Baptist Church, 54 workers we had in that smite program. And we were able to buy some property in Catanning, which was a, uh, a swamp. That's all we could get. And we bought that swamp and uh, put the tents up in the swamp. And since it was so swampy, we couldn't put the stakes down, so we tried to tie the stand the uh, tent to trees and uh, we started the meeting and a guy came down there one day in a pickup truck with a hard hat on and he said what are you people doing in this swamp I said well we're starting a church he said in a swamp I said yes in a swamp he said uh, well he said I'll tell you he said I have a uh, strip mine up the mountain here we're stripping out the dirt to get to the coal and he said, there's a lot of that dirt I'd like to do something with. He said, if you let me, I'll fill that swamp. He filled that swamp. So you can move a mountain by faith, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so out of it came a church, you know. And uh, so that's the kind of thing that we've done repeatedly. And uh, thank God, uh, you know, if you follow the Bible, a dumb farm boy from western Ohio with mud on his heels can do it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I recall, um, I was just, I think in my high school years, but was it 1975 that your family spent a year in, in Asia? Yes. 
It was uh, actually 72. 72, okay. 72. Okay. We had 7,000 professions of faith in that year. Wow. And uh, Korea was such an area of evangelism. Mm. Unbelievable. We them towns and everybody in the town and the countryside would come to the meeting. Mm. And uh, we, we wouldn't have uh, room to put the people in the building. We would have it outside, usually downtown in the streets. And uh, then we went to the Philippines, and it was the same thing there. Just great numbers of people coming, great numbers of people getting saved. And it was uh, it was a, a tremendous experience. And that was the ministry of the Cleveland Baptist Church uh, and the Akron Baptist Temple. My original home church paid the bill for that. Mm-hmm. So now out of that has come great results. One of the churches that we helped, start was a BBF missionary in Manila. He needed land. And so we uh, started sacrificing and doing everything we could to get some money for land. And we finally bought him a piece of land. And then he'd go back and said, I've got another one right next to it. So we did the same thing, sacrificed and bought the land. And here a couple years ago, now that's 20 some, 25, 30 years ago. I don't know. But a couple of years ago, I went and preached in that church. They had about a thousand people there. They've got a Bible college. Next door, they've got a four-story building, new, with an elevator. And across the street, they've got a big gymnasium. They have a Bible college. They have starting churches all over the place, and supporting with Filipino pesos. They're supporting missionaries around the world. Amazing. So, really. It really pays to do this evangelism God's way. Right. Well, we obviously need to kind of wrap some things up. So let me just ask you a couple real quick questions and give us a okay. response. So here's some, you're a man who's seen so many things, you know, obviously over, you know, working on into your ninth decade now as a, as an evangelist serving the Lord, what words of wisdom would you give to some younger preachers that are, are listening? What would you say to them about just staying the course and having a long-term ministry? Well, I would say uh, just uh, love people, love God, and te- give the gospel to everybody you meet. We still do that. Mm-hmm. Always have tracks, and I talk to people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, another thing is preach the word. And Pastor Pete has got a great uh, blessing, uh, gift of, exp- of uh, preaching expository sermons. Give expository sermons to people the Word of God, mm-hmm. and God will do the work. Right. And, uh, and then just follow the the code of uh, and the Bible of morality, and uh, keep your life clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not an easy thing to do that, right. but you just say I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would say, uh, you know, uh, follow the leadership of the Lord. Old Doctor Bob Jones, Senior. When he held a meeting for me, told me, he said, all I asked him, I said, Dr. Bob, how long should you stay in a place? And he said, keep doing what you're doing until you know you'd be backslidden to stay there. And so I I thought that that was good words of wisdom. Just stick with it. Stay right in there and do the job. uh, Hey, the results are up to God. We don't have to uh, 
manipulate and organize uh, everything to the detail and and scheme and plan. B.R. Lincoln said we could do everything we're doing today even if there wasn't a Holy Spirit. Uh, that has some wisdom to it. We need to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. And God, if you'll ask him, God will do that for you. I guarantee you. Well, uh, as we're bringing this thing to a conclusion today, one more time, what's the website if people want to get a hold of you to invite you to come and preach or, you know, you know just need uh, need some counsel? Uh, what's the website again? Okay, uh, let me just give my phone number. Okay. It's 216-533-8239. Okay, let's do that one more time. 216-533-8239. Very good. And I have a website, uh, S period, E period, A period, ministries. And then my email is Dr. Larry Clayton at AOL.com. All right. That, uh, that S period, E period, A period, ministry. Ministries, yeah. And is it, is it uh, at uh, or, or organization.org or is it dot, dot com? No, that's just the uh, website. Okay. If, right. they just, if they'll type that in, they'll find it. Okay. It'll come up. All right. And they can read about us. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate it so very much. And I know our listeners will benefit from uh, taking some time to, to uh, kind of glean a little bit from your life. And um, I just have to say, you know, publicly, I appreciate you. You've been faithful through the years, and it's been a joy to uh, be a part of your life and have you be a part of my life. Thank you, Pastor. I love you and appreciate you. And- I've always uh, really been proud that you have been my pastor. Well, it was my joy for sure. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we appreciate that. Well, wasn't that a blessing? I sure enjoy sitting down and, and having a conversation with Brother Clayton about his life and ministry. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, I'm so grateful for these men of God who've walked so many more miles than I have. I've walked quite a few miles in ministry, but... Brother Clayton's uh, a generation ahead of me, and I'm grateful that God has allowed him still to have uh, a ministry and an influence and an impact on my life, as well as hundreds, if not thousands, of others. And I want to encourage you again to reach out to Brother Clayton and uh, to let him know that you're uh, excited about the, the podcast. Uh, his phone number, again, is found on the on the information that we shared today. And uh, we'll, uh, again, do our best to try to encourage you to visit his website it is S period, E period, A period, ministries. And just do a search for that on, on Google, and uh, you'll be able to visit that website. Uh, and I can vouch for Brother Clayton. He's a godly man, walks with the Lord. He'd be an encouragement and a help and a blessing to you. So thanks again for joining us for Labors in the Harvest. Again, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please let other folks know about it and encourage them to uh, listen and be a part of these weekly conversations that we have with laborers in the harvest. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.